What up, everybody? It's DJ Envy. And I am Gia Casey. And this is another edition of the Casey Crew. Now, once again, I always appreciate and, and thank you guys for listening to the podcast. It's always amazing to get feedback, to get love. I mean, this is something that we started for you guys. Uh, we've been together, if you are just joining us, over 20 years. We've been married over 15 years. And um, we've been through everything. And we like to discuss it because we really believe that we can help people out there in their relationship. Maybe if it's not just spark a conversation or maybe you've been going through the same stuff that we've been going through and really didn't know how to talk about it or handle it. You, you can actually listen and be like, them guys have been through the same shit we've been through, <laughs> you know, which is the best thing about it. Yeah, I think that the the best thing that people take away from this podcast is the ability to spark conversation within right. their relationships. Absolutely. And we appreciate all the love, whether it's Instagram, Twitter, SoundCloud, YouTube, or however you want to holler at us, DMs, uh, emails, emails as well. Or you can always email us, like she said, the Casey Crew at Gmail. That's T H E E Casey Crew at Gmail.com. Now, uh, if you follow us on Instagram, uh, Gia does this every year, which I usually hate. <laughs> Why do you hate it? <laughs> and it's, what is it? 30 shoes uh, in 30 days? 30 shoes in 30 days. 30 shoes in 30 days. Gia is a, a shoe connoisseur. <laughs> okay. She loves shoes like I know a lot of you women do. Mm-hmm. And uh, she uh, shows people a peek of her collection. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's quite a few people that I follow on Instagram just to peek at their collections. You know, us girls, we love shoes, bags, not all of us, but some of us do. And if you're someone that does, you know, check out my Instagram and and take a look and take the little 30 day journey with me. And that's uh, Gia underscore Casey. She does this each and every year. I hate it because I have to take some of the pictures. (laughs) (laughs) And if you know anything about Gia, if you listen to the podcast, you do realize that she has OCD, (laughs) meaning that the picture has to be perfectly square. The room on the left and the room on the right has to be even. That means it has to be symmetrical. There you go. Yes. They know what I meant. The camera has to be straight. Right. The colors have to be good. You have to be able to get everything in the photo. You can't cut things off. It has to be aesthetically pleasing. You will actually lose all space in your phone because you have zillions of pictures. Like it's not like, oh, I take one picture. No, Gia will take 70 pictures and then pick the best one from 71, those 70. But yeah. There you go. So check that out, ladies out there. And fellas, just, you know, just ignore it. Because if, <laughs> if your lady comes home and says, hey, I, I, I seen some shoes I like. Just, you, if guys are you like you, they might from. like it too. The way that you love a heel. A heel on you. Okay. A heel on you. As opposed to just a heel. In no, a no, you said like I like a heel, like I wear heels. Or oh, yes. Like but you love, I mean, you have no problem going shoe shopping with me. No, I mean, I And actually, picking out my shoes. Yes, I mean, I. You I, love shoes. So I, there might be some men out there that'll enjoy it as well. I pick out your shoes. I pick out your bags. I yes. pick out a lot of your stuff, your yes. accessories. I'm into that stuff. You're I, like my husband, my gay husband. I wouldn't say that. Like, that's a little too far. <laughs> but I'm your husband that's into your stuff. Yes, I like that about you, though. Uh, you know what I want to talk about, but. Today, I want to talk about Madison and her school and some of the things that's been going on in this world. We promised you guys that we would. We actually ended one of the podcasts alluding to that being a topic in the following podcast. And I don't remember what happened, but maybe something else came up and threw us off course. And we never really touched on the subject the way that we wanted to. So we're going to do that today. But before we do that. 
I want to go back a couple of days because we just talked about heels. Okay. Over the weekend, Madison had her, <laughs> go Madison ahead. had her, this is hysterical. People, her first Sweet Sixteen that she uh, that she went to, right? And uh, she dressed up. She looked beautiful. She looked amazing. She looked like a young lady, perfect to the T. I didn't see mm-hmm. anything out of place. There was nothing wrong. I mean, amazing. If 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 I can say perfection, she was perfection. Uh, except except. <laughs> Now, let me tell you now, you know, Gia was also invited to the Sweet 16. I was as well. I couldn't make it because daddy was working. Of course, I had a show. Uh, Actually, I think I had a show in Boston. So we were about to drive out and Gia was about, Gia was getting ready. Mm -hmm. Madison comes in the room. She's dressed. She's wearing, uh, how high were the heels? Um, They were about maybe four, four and a half inches. About four, four and a half inches. And when she walked in the room. Now, mind you. This is her first real pair of heels. Right. And I bought them for her. I said, here you go, boo-boo. This will go with your dress, but you have to practice. Mm -hmm. Make sure that you can, you know, ascertain a balance and walk gracefully in them. Right. So when she walked in the room, she was walking like a robot. (laughs) I don't even know. A robot might give her too much credit. Like, actually. Her bottom half was moving, but, but her, her top, top half, half just was... looked, looked goofy and crazy. Wait, she looked like a um what she looked like an ostrich. Like, I, don't, I don't know what she looked. It looked bad. Like her butt kind of poked out so that she could have balance and she was kind of shifting from side to side. It was hard. I was like, babe, you know you can bend your knees, right? Your knees were meant to bend. It, it, it was so <laughs> right? bad. Yeah. She looked like the roadrunner and then she was walking dumb The roadrunner. Is the roadrunner an ostrich? Uh, yes. Is it? I don't, I don't yes, know. It, yeah, yeah, I don't remember. Yes, it is. But he's kind of shaped like an ostrich-ish if he's not an ostrich. Right. See? So. I was on point with that. But she was run, She was walking super fast. Like, she was trying to get to her destination so fast. <laughs> so she could just so sit down. So she could just stop. And have it, have it be done with. So when she walked in the room, I looked at her and I was like, oh, this ain't gonna work. This looks kind of bad. <laughs> right? And, um, and I, I didn't have any time. To teach her. Because she had to get ready. I had to get ready. And I was coming back from somewhere early in the day, so I didn't have any time to allot for her. So she was kind of on her own, if it were up to me. Right. So I did what any dad would do. I don't think any dad would do it. All right. I think it's just you. I mean, you got to (laughs) understand, these are my kids. These are my babies. I treat them like they're my best friends. I treat them like they're everything to me. It's not just I'm their father. So I never want them to look bad. So I said, Madison, (laughs) I'm going to show you how to walk. And heels. Right. Right. So we went in the hall and no, I didn't put on heels. And now mind you, my nephew is here who's 24. Right. And he hears click, 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 click going one way in the hallway. Click, 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 click going another way in the hallway. Hallway. He comes upstairs. So I hear all of you guys in the hallway. Right. So and also Madison's friend is here. Uh-huh. Who, who wasn't invited to the Sweet 16 because she didn't know the girl. She was just helping Madison get ready. Right. So I walk out in the hall. I'm like, look, let me show you how to walk because you're walking crazy. <laughs> And they all looking at me like, how are you going to show? So I start walking with her and I'm showing her how to walk. Heel toe, heel toe. I said, you got to walk with swag. I said, act like you, you're, you're, you're singing a song. Raindrops, drop top. I said, you got to bop your head. You got to bop your shoulders. I said, when we walk, act like you're waving to people. Hey, what's up? I see you over there. Ah, I peek my head out the I door. Said, oh, yo, I see, I over see there, wave. Madison waving like she's in a pageant. I'm like, what the hell's going on? I go back in the bathroom and all I hear is, no, Madison, not like that. You got to switch your hips from side to side. Right, left, right, left, right, left, right, 
left, right. But I had to get her comfortable. Like, I'm like, you're walking too fast. On? I'm like, slow down. I How said, is this I, even going down? I said, you got to act like you are a piece of <laughs> meat and everybody else is a lion. And you know, they're just savoring. Is that the word? It is the word. Savoring over you. Extra. So I'm like, you just got to walk. Savoring for you. Yeah, you know what I meant. So I'm like, you just got to walk. And I said, you got to show like, uh, uh, raindrops, drop top. Okay, you're doing too much. That's what I told him. I know, but you are doing. But I had to get her relaxed, and I was like, "You're walking too fast." I said, "You." I was in the bathroom. I hear glide. Yeah, like you gotta glide. I said, "You gotta slow down a little bit." I said, "Your problem is you're walking too fast. You're trying to get to your destination so quick." I said, "No, you want to take the longest time to the destination. Let them get it all in. Let them breathe it. Let them see you." I said, "So you just gotta slow." I said, "So act like you're waving to everybody." She was like, "I said, you see that guy over there? Wave to him." I said, "You see that?" There was no guy there, people. I know, but I was just making sense. I'm just I said, saying. But it was funny. She, I was like, you see that girl over there? Wave to her. She's like, I don't like it. I said, well, throw her the middle finger. <laughs> middle finger, bitch. I said, oh, you see that middle finger, bitch? I said, but you got to walk slow. Now, we You're did that crazy. for about 40 minutes. Yeah. And she started to get it. She looked a little more comfortable. No, it actually worked. See? I came out. I was ready. I said, all right, let me see everything that you took in from daddy. Go. She started walking and I was like, Wow. That's a far cry from where you started when you told me you needed help. You actually taught her how to walk in heels. You did a good job. Absolutely. I'm very proud of so you. So I know what I was doing. And I told her. I'm she, very proud she of was you. Like, it worked. She was like, Dad, there's cobblestone. I said, let me show you. you there was step cobblestone. You your toes on a cobblestone. You, you told can, her that? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So let me tell you. I didn't tell you this because I didn't know this. When we got there, there's a whole platform of cobblestone I that you have her. to walk over before you get into the venue. So I said to her, I'm like, all right, sweetie, you don't want to damage your heels. So you don't want to risk your heels sinking in between the cobblestones. I said, so you have have to she said walk on my tippy toes i know i was like well excuse me then so she got that from you yeah I told okay her. <laughs> I, told her. I made sure she was prepared daddy okay. knows what he's doing yes apparently I, so i watch you enough i know what i hey i know what this is you know what you like so she was like uh, she was like I, I heard when she got to the sweet 16 that, that she kept her heels on she was like damn my feet were kind of hurting mm-hmm. she was like but I, I i told her i said do not take off those heels Unless everybody takes off the heels. Right. So right. she said her feet were hurting. She said she danced with the heels on. And then she said at about an hour into it, everybody started everybody taking took off the off heel. heels. I said, then it's okay to take off and the heels. And she was smart enough to bring a pair of backup socks. Yep. Absolutely. So. I told her that too. Yeah. I said, but when you walk out of there, you got to put those heels back on. You can't look like them bum chicks that walk out the club oh with their flip flops on. In Vegas. That's right. You got it. Walking around the casino. I said, if your feet down, hurt. Down the stairs from the club. I said. Barefoot or with yeah, socks on. Absolutely. I said, if your feet hurt, you suffer. I I said, I will never be one of those. I said, you suffer until you, you get back suffer. to that car. Right. So that's what she did. So I'm proud of Maddie. Maddie Chew. Okay. Now, um, that's not what I wanted to talk about today, but that was pretty funny. What I wanted to talk about was everything that's going on in this world right now. And when I say everything, I think because of our new president, racism has been so rampant. Mm-hmm. It's been, it's the most I ever seen in my 29 years of being on this earth. How many years? 29. How many? That's my story. I'm sticking with it. There's something wrong with my headphones. <laughs> to, to I, 30 years that's been, been on this earth. Okay. right? And it's bad. I remember. And and I, I, I credit you for being a great mom. And the reason why I say that is one day Madison came home from school. And I said, how was school? And I just seen she had like a sour look on her face. Mm-hmm. Oh, 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 right. I know what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. It was not her her happy go lucky. Hey, daddy, I love you. Give me a kiss. We do our little secret handshake and a hug. It wasn't that. 
it was, she was upset. So I said, you know, but hey, baby, what, what are you upset about? And this is one thing, if you have kids out there, you should know your kids. You should know Absolutely. if they're happy, if they're sad, just in case. You, you have never to be know. in tune with your children. Absolutely. Um, A lot of times kids go through things and the parents have no idea. Sidebar, mm -hmm. in our town, what I'm learning is that a lot of kids are drinking. Right. And at the Sweet 16 that we just came back from this weekend, the one it was actually the Sweet 16 of triplets. And one of the triplets was very upset because a lot of the boys were drunk. Pre-gamed. They were pre-gamed. Right. So she came over and her father was at our table and she was very upset and whatnot. So it was a discussion at our table. And what I couldn't figure out is all of these boys now, none of these kids have licenses yet because they're just 16. I said to myself, they had to get dropped off. You mean to tell me that their parents had no idea that they were drunk? Oh, what's even scarier is some of them did drive because in the state of New Jersey, you can get your license at 17. And at 17, were, no, but were, these were, mm, they were, were no 16. Older kids there? No, they weren't older okay. kids. These were freshmen and sophomores at this party. Right. So no, they all had to get dropped off. Maybe there might have been a carpool situation, but nonetheless, there was an adult, a parent, that had to drop them off. Right. So you have all of these kids that are inebriated at the party and the parents don't know. And that's hard for me to understand how you can have a child that lives in your house that's getting drunk every weekend. Because it seems that's about how often these kids are drinking. They're showing up places with Poland spring bottles that it looks like it's water, but it's vodka. And it's like, wow. These parents have no idea because no because it seems as though they're not in tune with their kids. No, Maybe right. they don't communicate with their kids enough. Mm -hmm. and, you know, and I mean, I can see how in some households a kid can disappear into their basement, come upstairs, get something to eat, disappear again, come back upstairs, go to sleep. You know, that can happen maybe from time to time. But on a regular basis, it's hard for me to understand. So and I'm sorry that I'm sidebarring. No problem. But. I think that it's important for parents to make sure that they are in touch and communication and in tune with their kids throughout the day, every day, texting, calling when your kids come home. Like when we get home and our kids come home, both Madison and Logan jump into the bed right? and they both sit. At the foot of my bed, by the footboard, we lay down and we talk. Right. And they tell me what went on in school today, what's mm -hmm. going on with this friend, what's going on with that friend, how they did on a test, what their plans are for this weekend, what's going on on their social media. They talk to me about all of those things and we just kind of kick it for a little bit. You know what I mean? But we take that time and then, you know, before they go to sleep or Madison even sends me things on Instagrams that we think are funny or maybe things that we've joked about you right. know, from like funny other funny Instagrams or, you know, whatever we find different ways to bond and connect. And if you're not doing that with your children, you're missing out, they're missing out, but that's just personally more. So you're missing out on opportunities to know them and to read them and be able to detect when something wrong is going on. Absolutely. And, and that's one thing I say that we do as parents that I'm grateful that we're really in tune and we are friends with our kids. We're parents, we're authority, but we're also friends. And um, and the reason, going back to what we were saying, the reason I said you have to be in tune, so I see Madison had a sour face when she came home. Mm -hmm. And I asked her what happened and she started to tear. And I said, well, why are you tearing? She was just like, today was a long day. Today was a tough day. And I said, well, what do you mean? 
she was like, at first we're in class and I hear these kids behind me talking about, oh, I want how many black kids are in our school? And she was like, I hear them talking. They're talking loud so I can hear them. And she's like, well, what about Madison? What, is she black? I don't Does know. Does she qualify? Does she qualify? Mm-hmm. And she was upset about that. Now, mind you, there's only about maybe four or five black children at her high school. Correct. So when you total the freshmen, sophomores, juniors, and seniors, there's only four or five black children or black teenagers at her school. So apparently these kids were trying to name all of them and figure out whether Madison got put in that box or not. And if you haven't seen Madison, she's just light complected. Right. Um, So I guess they were trying to figure it out. Right. And, you know, for me and for Gia, it was, it's, it's not that big of a deal. I mean, me coming from Queens, I lived in, in the North side of Jamaica, Queens, predominantly, Black. Matter of fact, predominantly Haitian. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I went to St. Francis Prep where I had to take three buses to get to school. And my school was very similar. It wasn't five kids. It might have been maybe 15 or 20 in the whole school that was African. There was more. About, there might have been 30. Maybe there 30. might have been 30. 30 in the whole school. And the school held 4,000, probably 5,000. Really? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I guess in comparison. I when when we were in high school, I didn't feel I didn't feel like it. there was a deficit of people like me. Right. I felt comfortable. Because even though that but here's the difference. All thirty or forty of us knew each other. We all we, we all were cool. We all, <laughs> we all hung out. We all kind of sat at the same tables and whatnot. So But it wasn't it wasn't as clickish because we had Filipino friends. We had Spanish friends. There was like the Filipino table, there was a Chinese table, you know, there was the Haitian table, there was this table, there was that table. But times were different then. It I, I didn't feel the segregation. I didn't feel the racism heavy. Of course it existed, but it's not something that plagued me or that, you know, you walk into a room, you walk into a classroom, you walk into a situation and it weighs on you. Right. I didn't feel that way. At our school, especially, mm-hmm. it kind of felt like a lot of love. Like everybody just loved each other. It was, it was just, everybody was just chill. Nobody everybody cared was cool. about anything. Yes. And, like, you know, nobody cared. You know, the only table I necessarily didn't really mess with was the football players because to me every football team and football players they were all bullies and whether it was college Come whether on. it was high school they were all bullies don't put that label on them it was Stop like it. it was a click of all of them they all rolled with each other I just didn't like the football players except our, except our well, guy Reggie that was Reggie. your personal problem except our guy Reggie Reggie who was a football other than that I didn't fuck with the football team that was it Okay, well, they that were was always you. bullies and they knew it. they were always bigger than everybody they always <laughs> okay. worked out early I just didn't like them mm-hmm. but everybody else was chill sorry if anybody plays football I listen but you know you guys were clicked up and bullying everybody but anyway so that made her upset. But then not only that, she heard them talking about Hitler mm-hmm. and um, hail Hitler and Hitler would have been a, a great for today's society. And she was very mad by it. And what made her even more upset was there was an Indian kid and he was laughing and he was jumping in with the jokes yep. and he was staring at the pot and she was saying to myself, he doesn't even know if Hitler was here, he would be. In, He'd be a goner too. He'd be a goner too. Yep. So it made her upset. So she came home and she was tearing. And Gia was upstairs and I was downstairs and I grabbed her and I hugged her. And the way I kind of talked to them is a little different. I'm not going to sugarcoat this. I was like, yo, fuck them kids. I was like, yo, fuck them kids. The fuck them idiots, stupid ass kids. They are stupid. They don't know what they're talking about. They are fucking idiots. Fuck them. That's what I said. 
And I think Guillermo. I wasn't there for that. I, I was upstairs. So I didn't know that this conversation was taking place downstairs because Rashawn greeted her when she came home. And I'm the type, well, I will throw out some F-bombs when I don't like some things. And I might have said some things I shouldn't have said. Um, can I say it? It's, if it's true, yeah. I, I might have told him to suck your D from the back. I might have said that once or twice. But I was just mad. And I was just mad at the, the, the effect that these kids had on my daughter, which made her hurt. And I was like, you shouldn't allow them to be able to allow them to bother you like that. And I was pissed off. I mean, it got to the point where I felt like I wanted to go to the school and just do something. I don't know what I could do, but I just wanted to do something. Mm -hmm. And then you looked over the banister mm -hmm. and you said, what's going on? And I was like, well, Madison had a tough day in school. So you came down. Right. You seen her crying. You <laughs> gave her a hug. And then you broke it down. Tell tell everybody what you said. You was more of the, uh, more of the, the mm, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Because I was the crazy one. You were the calm mind. You were, you reasonable. Were, you were reasonable. <laughs> you were reasonable. You know, you, you, you went to Madison and you said, first of all, I love you. And said, you have to understand that these kids probably don't have knowledge and not really thinking about the effects, but you can't allow these kids to affect you and allow them to affect the way that you feel. Well, what bothered me more than anything was her reaction to what happened. So I had to come to terms with that and figure out how I was going to deal with her regarding her reaction. So she reiterated to me what she had already told her father. Mm -hmm. And I said, Explain to me why that bothers you so much. Now, first of all, with the kids that were sitting behind her who were counting the black kids in the class, in the school, I said, you know something, Madison, that in particular isn't something that should necessarily bother you. These kids are Caucasian and maybe they were just having a conversation about how many black kids were in the school. Mm -hmm. If it were a black school and the black kids were counting the minority number of Caucasian kids that were in the school, you may not look at it as being so bad. And maybe they are confused by you. Maybe they're thinking, okay, Madison is mixed, but she identifies as black. Is right. she actually black or is she mixed? Or, you know, her complexion is more light than it is dark. So maybe they were genuinely confused by that and trying to put you into a box. I says, I, <clears throat> I said that in particular doesn't bother me. Right. I said, now the other conversation that bothered me where kids are talking about Hitler and the idea that he would be an asset to our society. Right. And now this is all after Trump got voted in. So now it kind of feels as though kids in particular, because they're so impressionable, um, these teenagers are feeling a little bit more free and flexing their muscle when racism is concerned. Cause now just in social settings, you see more racial jokes. I think people just feel as though there's a little bit more leeway for racism and not in the context of jokes, because, you know, depending on your humor, you know, certain racist jokes might be deemed as funny right. or okay, or, right. you know, things of that nature. But these are, they're not jokes. 
these kids are serious about what they're saying or about what they think that they're saying. So I told her that I had a problem with that. And she she told me a little bit more in depth about mm-hmm. the conversation that these kids were having in her presence, right. knowing that she's non-white. And then she told me that one of the kids that was participating in the conversation is Indian. And I said, well, you know something, Madison, with these kids, you can't give them the power to affect you. Similar to what you said before I came downstairs. I said, because the things that they're saying is rooted in ignorance. Correct. They do not know any better. Now, most people would respond to that by saying, of course they know better, but not so much. Mm-hmm. When you're 13, 14, 15, 16, and you're spewing hate or you're promoting hate, it's very likely that that is what you hear in your environment, right. meaning your home. Correct. When you find kids that say things like this, Either they're in a home where that's dinner table conversation or they're not very close to their parents who are not like that. And they're more so taken under the wing of friends who are more paternal influences in their lives. Correct. Like some kids, you know, either they don't have parents or they don't have good parents and they fall into a gang or they fall into other kinds of social situations where they're taking on the thoughts and the ideas of other people. Right. Now those people are highly influential. Right. No, not influential. Not influential. They're they're easily influenced. influenced. Correct. They're easily influenced and they're not strong. And they're saying things that they know is wrong, but they're saying it anyway. These people don't have the strength to form their own thoughts that's rooted in reason and rooted in humanity. They're not able to do that. So they themselves are at a deficit. I said, instead of having these weak people have such a strong influence on you, you need to feel bad for these people. You need to pity these people. You need to pray for these people. Don't look at them and be angry at them. Mm -hmm. Don't look at them and hate them. You look at them and say, wow, how unfortunate it must be to be you. Because you have no empathy. You have no compassion. Worst of all, you have no common sense. You have no common sense and the lack of those three things is going to pigeonhole you into such a position where you are not going to be able to be your best self and make the most of your life. So I feel bad for you. And, and you know, not to cut you off, but just keep this in your mind. I want to talk about that maybe next show. Uh, sometimes we do things because we're influenced wrong. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you said that, it, it struck a nerve because I remember doing things that my friends were doing, not because I needed the money, not because of any other reason, but they were doing it. I'm like, yeah, cool. Let's do this and make some bread. I knew it was against the law mm-hmm. and I knew that I can get that in big trouble, mm-hmm. but I still did it anyway. And, you know, as a kid, I, you know, I didn't want for anything. I was an only child. My parents gave me everything I wanted, but that was some of the things, you know, we'll, we'll talk about it next, next episode, but okay. just, just keep that mental mind, r- reminder in your mind. Mm-hmm. Because I think that'll be a good show because I'm sure there's a lot of people that did stupid shit 
based on the influences of others. Right. But continue, because I, I think what you said to her struck a nerve with her and it actually struck a nerve with me when you told her this. Continue. The whole idea is that <laughs> when I was younger, and I'm sure a lot of you have heard this saying, but my parents would say it to me from time to time if I ever felt as though I was in a situation where someone might have tried to make me feel badly. Right. My parents would say, Gia, you always have to consider the source. Right. Whoever is telling you that you are not enough or that you are not good enough or whatever, are they someone that you admire? Are they someone that you look up to? Are they someone whose opinion should and actually does mean something to you? Right. If they're not, then you shouldn't care. Correct. If it's the opinion of someone who's weak or who is not a good person or who does not demonstrate kindness or love or anything that you admire or aspire to be, then their opinion should mean nothing to you. Your opinion is what should mean something to you. As long as you can wake up and look in the mirror every day and like the person that is looking back at you, mm -hmm. then you should be okay with the choices that you make from day to day because your choices should be grounded in righteousness. Absolutely. You should always try to do what's right. And my father always used to say, and I mean, it's a very, very simple saying, but it weighed so heavily on me and there have been times through my life where I may have wanted to do the wrong thing and it could be an action or it could be just saying something to be slick or to be nasty or right. to hurt someone's feelings. And I would hear my father's voice in the back of my head and these words literally stopped me on Dozens of occasions from doing things that I knew I shouldn't be doing. Right. And it was, Gia, if it ain't right, don't do it. Right. And I'm talking about from maybe wanting to cheat on a test to, you know, telling somebody off or whatever. If it ain't right, don't do it. And that right. stuck with me. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? You know, and, you know, I feel a way. Because I never had that conversation. You know, for me, it was more always wanting to fit in. Always wanted to feel like I was a part of something. And not a part of a crew. I just wanted to be cool. So if I seen kids do something, I was always the kid that joined in. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, if somebody says, hey, if your friends jump off a bridge, would you do it? At that time, I'd probably be like, yeah. Now, and, specify at that time, like what age range are you talking about? College. Um, high school, college, uh, my early years of of graduating from college is just what I was. It was just what it was. Mm -hmm. So I, I respect that conversation. And after you had that conversation, she got it. Mm -hmm. She smiled. You know, she brightened up, and she has never been affected it affected by it since. And this has been what two, three months, four months, five months. Yeah. Well, you know, going back to what you just said about fitting in. I think that it is paramount that parents teach their children that fitting in is moot, that it is non-important. Right. That fitting in, what do you, people, the way that I grew up, 
was that, Gia, people should try to fit in with you. Right. You shouldn't be trying to fit in with anyone or into anything. You do what works for you. But that's why these conversations are needed. You do what makes you happy. Right. You do what you think is right. Fitting in... I never, literally, never, that notion never crossed my mind. Oh, I want to be in this particular group. I want to be in this particular clique. I want to hang out with those particular girls. I want to be liked by that particular boy or this particular type of boy. Those things never meant anything to me because my self-esteem was at a level where I I felt that if I did what made me happy and what I thought was right, that all of those things would come to me. Friends would come to me. Boys would come to me. Right. Social groups or social situations, they would come to me. And I think that I think that parents right now, especially in suburb suburban towns, parents are so super obsessed with their kids being popular. And being liked by other children and fitting into those groups because it kind of speaks to the parents' popularity right. as well in, in certain towns. And just the idea of popularity is a little crazy to me because the things, sometimes you look at the kids that are popular and you say to yourself, like, wow, what makes that kid popular? Because they're nasty, because they're rude to other children, because they drink, because they smoke, because they take inappropriate pictures and send them around. The idea of popularity is kind of ridiculous because it's not as though the nice, the smart, the kind kids are the ones that are deemed as popular. So I would say to Mass, like, what do you want to be popular for? It's not about that. It's about being a good person and having those situations include you just naturally. Like those, you'll, those things will gravitate to you if you just live right. Right. And those are the conversations, like you said, that we need to have with our children. So they don't feel like they have to fit in. So they don't feel like they have to be accepted. And I respect you as a mother. I mean, I mean, it's obvious, but that made me love you even more if there's possible if that's even possible because you were able to keep her grounded and to give her that encouragement and to push her to that being a, a great woman and I was like wow I'm just like you know because my first reaction is to swing I'm like fuck that fuck them eat worms <laughs> kick rocks I hope they stump their toe right. you know that's me so right I just wanted to tell that story because I wanted people to really understand how important it is to talk to your kids, young, old. It doesn't matter to keep that open, that communication open so you guys can have that conversation. So there is never a problem. There's never a situation that you don't know what's going on. And if something does happen, they come to you first. So I just wanted to say thank you for that. And, (laughs) you know, I, I thought that was dope. Thank you, babes. All right. Now let's get to the email of the week. Now, there's two emails to choose from. Now, usually, I, I, you know, I never tell you what the emails are, but you can decide. Okay. All right. One is, let's just call stanky ass. You want to come do st- on? All right. So I guess we're not going to do stanky ass. <laughs> I guess I guess we're not going to do stanky. ass. I mean, what's the other one? Uh, the other one is okay. This this girl has a crush on a guy and she doesn't know what to do. So which one do you want to go? They're both pretty good. A girl has a crush on a guy. That's the one we're gonna do. So let me she read does, it. No, I wasn't choosing that. Uh-oh. I was just processing it. Oh. 
but she doesn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. Or stinky ass. You picked the email this week. I mean, stinky ass smel- sa- smells, oh my gosh, it sounds a little bit more compelling because just by the information that you're giving me, a girl has a crush on a guy. She doesn't know what to do. It doesn't sound terribly interesting. Okay. So I, I need a little bit more information. Which one do you prefer? You know, I prefer the stinky ass. Mm. Which one? All right, stinky ass it is. Okay. Hey ahead. guys, what up y'all? I listen all the time. I'm absolutely in love with your podcast. Thank you so much for sharing uh, your lives with us. Now, um, I knew this show was going to be good and you guys have not disappointed meaning your podcast. You guys are great. Let me get down to my issue. My man stinks and I don't know how to tell him. He showers every day, but he isn't doing a good job <laughs> with cleaning all his body parts, particularly his ass. I don't know how to tell him. I think it could be because he has a lot of body hair and doesn't shave his ass hair. I know this sounds gross, but it's starting to get to me and I'm finding him unattractive. I tried taking showers with him and tried cleaning the area myself with a washcloth, of course, but he pulls away like he's embarrassed. So I do it to myself, hoping he'll follow suit. But nope. There are times I've told him, oh, babe, you stink. Get in the shower. (laughs) And he will, and he will, but when he comes out, it's nothing, it's like nothing has changed. Wow. Uh, Let me say, I'm only talking about his butt area. It's that only, it's that area. What can I do to show him or how can I tell him that his ass stinks without him getting embarrassed or upset with me? Wow. We've been together for about six months now. He's great otherwise. And I want to see how far this can go, but I'm afraid that Mm -mm. me being disgusted is going to be the deal breaker. Thank you in advance for your suggestions. I look forward to hearing what you have to say again. You two are great. And thank you for taking the time to do these. What's your name? It just says love B. B. Okay. So I think that we can wrap this one up quickly so we can probably do the other email. Let's let's squeeze in the other email okay. as well, because for some reason, I feel like some of our topics land on hygiene. So right. I mean, there's we'll, a lot of men we'll that just, stink out there. We'll do this to, to answer the question. Okay. But, oh my gosh, I think that there's a few things that he can do to reduce the funk okay can, obviously can I, can I start you can definitely you can right. start go ahead now miss b first of all men are lazy lazy creatures meaning and and if you're a man out there and you're listening and you can sit here and lie but let's be honest in this podcast we're honest now when a man wipes their ass awesome. they wipe it they wipe their ass and sometimes they're yeah. still brown on the toilet tissue now what? do you listen to me <laughs> do you wipe your ass men until you see no brown most, i hope so most of us don't Hold on. Most of us. You just said us as though you were included. I used to be like that. Let, what? Let me finish talking. So most of us would Oh like my God, that's disgusting. Five, six times. And if there's still a little brown on you, be like, oh, it's just a little brown. Don't worry about it and keep it moving. That's nasty. I know. <laughs> that's <laughs> really be honest, nasty. Most men don't wipe until there's white on the toilet paper. There's still a little brown there. No, so, you have to wipe I know we until have to. it is start white. My arm hurts sometimes. But so... Most men don't wipe their ass good because we're never really taught how to wipe the ass. You're never really taught to spread your cheeks, wipe your ass, you know, go in a little hole, make sure there's no duty state. Nobody's really, <laughs> <It's a gun. laughs> nobody's really, we're not really taught that. Like I was thinking about it just now. Go in the little 
I never taught my son how to wipe his ass. So his ass must be, he must have doodle stains. Because he no, does. he doesn't because I taught him how to wipe oh, his butt. Well, that's good. Most parents will keep their... I wouldn't even it. trust you to so, give him that kind of advice. So, I mean, he doesn't know how to wipe his butt. That's not a problem that you can fix. His mama should have fixed that a long time ago. So you can't fix that. So what you have to do is you have to first tell him that you want him to cut his hair around his ass. Because the hair sometimes, it, it keeps Ugh. the stenching, whether it's sweat, whether it keeps the doodle particles the on the hair. The, the doodle particles part. on the hair. So you have to get him to do it. So you make it sexy. You know, you might say, hey, babe, let's do something. I, I've heard this. I heard this is really cute. You could just make it up. Say, I heard it on a podcast. Be like, hey, you know, uh, Envy. Manscape challenge. Yes. Be like, Envy manscapes his wife and his wife manscapes him. And then make it a sexy night, and then you cut all that hair up out of there. You can shave it. You can if it's, it sounds like it's long. You get a scissor, start clipping it, <laughs> get it out of there, and that should clean it up a little bit. And also, taking a shower with him works. Hold on, wait, wait. Before the shower, can we go back to the wiping scenario? What? Why don't you? And we have this in every bathroom of our house. Keep a box of baby wipes so the thing on with the ba- back of the toilet. I'm explaining to you. I don't really like baby wipes in my ass. Why not? Because it, it gives me muddy ass. Like, no, it okay. No, see, because you're doing it wrong. No. Oh, see, I don't want you that. that oh, that sounds like what you're no. About because to say when, you wipe, when you wipe, when you wipe your ass with with baby wipes, your ass is still wet. <sighs> and then when you go back with a tissue, it leaves tissue particles in your ass. Because you're doing it wrong. Okay. All right. Listen, what? what you ought to be doing. You should have come and spoken to me about this, and I would have told you what to do. You wipe until you see white with normal toilet paper. Then, for reassurance, once you are done, you use a baby wipe. Baby wipes too wet, man. No. Well, no, no, no. You go back and then you use a baby wipe. You fold it. You use it again. And then you, that's how you'll know. And listen, you'll look at that baby wipe and be like, damn, I thought I had everything. Look at this. This is a miracle that I'm using baby wipes now because now I am so clean and I feel fresh leaving this bathroom. That's what you're supposed to do. And then if you still feel wet in between your cheeks, then you can take another sliver of toilet paper and dab it to make sure that you're nice and yeah, dry. Yeah, then you have toilet paper particles in your ass. But see, but like what I do is I, I'll wipe until my arm gets tired. And I'll be like, <laughs> After it gets tired, it's just, hey. Yeah, that's what I say. I say hey, it is I, what it is. Then I'll be like, well, uh, you know what? There's going to be no sex today. <laughs> Because for the record, I prefer that you shower before we're intimate. Right. I mean, it doesn't always have to be. But for the record, you won't come near me if if you've taken a poop. Right. If you've taken a poop, you won't come near me unless you've showered. Right. And the reason I won't come near you because of this problem in this situation. I don't know. There's a problem in a situation. I don't know if my my ass is going to stink like homegirl's boyfriend's ass. So I just stay far away. And then when I take a shower. Yeah, sometimes when you don't come on to me, I'm like, oh, he must use the bathroom. Yeah, absolutely. Then I'll see you get up. Take a shower and then get back in the bed. Like right now, I took a poop before we did this podcast. There's going to be no sex. There's no sex right now until I take a shower. I got to make sure I'm clean. When I'm clean, then it's all good money. But right now, I don't know what to expect. I don't know what's back there right now. So, so back to this. So, right, getting back. So, I'm just saying before you are giving, you're about to give shower advice, right. you have to take care of it in the first place when you use the bathroom. Right. So that's what you have to do. Matter of fact, come, come here. Logan, Logan just walked in. Logan, come here. I just shoot him out. Come here, Logan. Now, hey, Logan, say what's up to the people. Come here. Say hello. Hello. Now, when you wipe your butt. Sit on daddy's lap real quick. 
Okay. This, now, when you wipe your butt, awesome. Right, do you wipe it until you see no brown, or do you? It, it might be a little brown. You like my arms are tired. Tell the truth. <laughs> my arms are tired. <laughs> <laughs> But Logan, I taught you how to wipe your butt. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. I told you that you were supposed to wipe until you see white. And then when you're done, you're supposed to use. Yes, I did. I taught you how to do that. I taught you how to brush your teeth. I did teach you how to pee white. I told you that you cannot let it dangle over the toilet bowl, that you have to hold it. That's what I told you. you Yes, I did. Why are you acting as though. Excuse me? You said, Logan, use your pants. No, see, that's not true. Right, well, you're just going to sit here and lie to my all face? All right, well, get out of here. You got to go. Get you know, hold on, because you know what your son does what? when he uses the bathroom? And I should know this because you're 13. <laughs> he guides his willy with, with, with the crotch of his pants yeah, no. so that he doesn't have to touch it. <laughs> all right. I didn't teach you get that. What, what, like, but like I said, Why are you bye, get out of here. Get out of here. Goodbye, Logie. Thank you. He said until his arms get tired. I, but I told you that's most men. And I we didn't plan that. Now, if you don't I, know, let me tell you. Hold on, hold on, in me, one day, in one day, I taught him how to do that and how to floss properly. Okay. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, let me explain to people. We are, if you haven't realized, we are still broadcasting in our basement. <laughs> and sometimes our kids walk in, like Logan walked in in the perfect spot. We didn't plan that. And I asked him live on the spot, do you wipe until your arms get tired? And he, his arms get tired. He don't wipe till there's no brown. That's most men. And that men is can, so disgusting. Men can sit here and lie and be like, no, that's not true. But that is, damn it. I know, you know, Awful. we all know. So go ahead. So back to what I was saying. Getting into the shower. Go. Um, clean, make sure you cut his ass and then, you know, make it a thing where you both wipe each other's ass. And what? Right? what? Like you wash what? each other. Not just wipe each other's ass, you wash each other. Like you wash me and I wash you sometimes. Right. And when you wash me, you wash my ass better than I wash my ass. <laughs> and it teaches me like, oh, I got to wash my ass like that. And that should work. <laughs> and also what he has to do is he has to wash twice. Like I had a problem. I had a stink problem. My body used to stink. I sweat a lot. I don't know why. So I used to wash myself twice or three times. Literally wash his entire body. And then he would get another washcloth and wash his entire body again. Right. Because I felt like I wasn't. Because the first, because the first washcloth would contain all of the stench that you just washed off. Right. So you wouldn't just re-soap that washcloth up again. You would use a fresh washcloth and go again. Ever since you started doing that and after I taught you how to wash your body, you don't have an issue anymore. Right. So, Miss B, that's what you need to do, in my opinion. Gia could give you advice, but that is my opinion. And side note, if we're ever in the shower and I don't have a washcloth and I use Gia's hand, uh, what's them things called? The little scrubby gloves. The scrubby gloves? Gia hates it because I, <laughs> that scrubby club. I throw them away because I'm like, oh, he just washed his ass with my scrubby gloves. Them scrubby gloves might walk out the bathroom on his own. So, <laughs> so what, what, what do you advise, uh, Miss B? No, I like everything that you said. I mean, listen, there's only a few things that you can do. You have to wash properly. You Mm -hmm. have to be able to wipe properly. Right. I would suggest that he wash his tushy until it hurts. I mean, literally, when I use the bathroom and when I take a shower, I literally scrub until it hurts. This way, I know that I am so spick and span, you know, so you might want to give him a little bit of that advice you know, um, but there's not that much you can do after manscaping, wiping properly and taking showers properly. He might just have an internal issue. Some people perspire more than others. Mm-hmm. You know, some people have different bodily chemistries. So it might be something that's out of control if everything that he's doing manually is failing. But you might need if if you think that it's a deal breaker, then 
after you nudge him and, you know, try to get him to do all of the things that you're suggesting, especially if you take some of the advice that we're giving you, if he still has a problem and you think it's a deal breaker, I think you might want to sit him down and say, listen, this is actually becoming a problem for me and we have to get to the root of it, which will be a difficult conversation to have because you've only been with him for six months. So I, I don't know how close you are. Like I can tell Rashawn anything. Rashawn can tell me anything. Right. I don't know if you're in a space where you feel as though you can offend him and get away with it. But if you're going to walk out the door anyway, I would just throw that Hail Mary up and say, all right, I'm going to sit down and have this conversation with him. Your ass stinks. But which- Not, no, but delicately. I would say something to the effect of, well, you're doing everything right. You have amazing hygiene. You shower. You do, you know, you do everything. I just can't understand. There's like a little bit of a funk back there, but it could just be your body chemistry. It probably is your body chemistry. So we need to figure it out. And when you do, we, we need to figure it, not you, we need to figure it out. So he believes that you're taking it on as your problem as well. Like you're a team. You guys are going to figure out his ass problem together. And when you do figure it out and you do have that conversation, email us back. Cause I would love to see how it went. <laughs> That's the Casey crew at Gmail. T H E E Casey crew at gmail.com. Okay, good. Now, Miss B? Huh? Good luck, Miss B. Oh, yeah, Miss B, yeah. Now, uh, let's do the next one next week or some other time, the next one, because I want to get into our argument of the week. Okay. Is it our argument or did you pull no, one? No, it's, it's not our argument. It's it's an argument. <clears throat> we discussed it on the radio uh, the other day, and I would love to get your opinion on it. People were going back and forth. It wasn't necessarily my argument. Uh, in a relationship, mm-hmm. in a marriage, if you separate, is it okay to date? Oh, what is what is your opinion on that? Because I feel like if you separate, there's terms of separation. Some people can separate just because they have to clear their minds and see how that person feels without having that other loved one in their life. Mm -hmm. And then there's separation (laughs) where like, hey, let's separate. Let's see if we can function better without each other. Let's date. And let's see what happens. So is there a difference between separation? Is there a difference between taking a break? How do you feel about separation? People say, hey, we have to separate for a second or let's separate. Well, I think that it depends on the terms of the separation. Because um, if it is a mutual separation where it's just agreed upon verbally between two people. Now, we're talking about separation between married people, correct? Okay. But let me just say one thing that throw this curveball in there. A lot of times when people separate, it's not both people that want a separation. It's usually one that says, look, let's separate. And the other person is kind of just- Has to go along with it because they don't have a choice. Because they don't have a choice. Okay. so if that's the case, yeah. well, whether it's agreed upon or whether it's just accepted okay. by one, the terms are what matter. So if we're talking about a separation between two married people, it's a distinction between <clears throat> are we talking about a verbal agreement or are we talking about a legal separation? Mm-hmm. I think it depends on what's discussed. Um, if you're married, seeing other people shouldn't be fair game, even if you are separated. And that's if we're being technical. Okay. Because if you're separating to 
get your mind right, to see where your priorities lie, to see how you can function as a single individual, then you would take that time to figure those things out. Once you've made up your mind, you let the other person know and then you come to another agreement. Are we going to stay together or are we going to proceed with a divorce? Right. If you're legally separated, then... That is kind of like a precursor to divorce, Mm. but it's not divorce. And people do tend to come back together after a legal separation. Right. It's not over until it's over. Gotcha. That's my opinion. I think that if you don't want to be, because when you're married, I think that it's your job to do everything that you can everything that's in your power to save that marriage because people nowadays can be saved right well you do everything that you can and then after you've done everything that you can then you know whether it could have been saved or not right but the problem these days is that people don't take marriage very seriously i think a lot of women get married more so for the wedding than for the marriage or for the money (laughs) or for the money but a lot of times as as girls, we have this, well, not all of us, but some of us have this dream of a huge wedding and the dress and the planning and the flowers and, you know, the house that you're going to buy and the beautiful children that you're going to have. And it's more of an idea. And a lot of women are ready to marry the first person that'll propose to them because they want it and they want it quickly. It's more of an idea that people fall in love with. So, and and for men, I feel like some men just kind of get backed into it because men are typically ready at an older age than girls are. A lot of girls are ready to get married in their early 20s. And a lot of men aren't ready to settle down until their mid to late 30s. So, you know, people engage in these marriages for different reasons sometimes, but However different they are, a lot of the times it's not the right reasons. So when you do get married, it's kind of fickle. Oh, you know, this is going wrong. I want a divorce. That's going wrong. I want a divorce. Whereas I think that if you get married and it's for the right reasons, it's your job to fight for that marriage. When you get married, you take vows before God. It should be the most serious commitment that you ever make because it's not just to your potential spouse, it's to your God. Right. And to just give it up lightly without having done everything that you can to save it or to make it work, in my opinion, is premature. So when people separate, I don't think that it should be, well, you know what? Me and my husband, we're together and our sex life sucks or, you know, we can't make our finances come together properly. He's immature or he's not working or whatever it is. So, you know what? Let me file for a legal legal separation and see if I can do better by myself. And let's say she does that or let's say he does that. You find out that you can't do better on your on your own. And then you get back together. It's kind of like you're playing with the idea of marriage. Right. Um, But if you do go that route, I don't think that you should take that opportunity. Like, oh, he sucks in bed. Let me go have sex with a few other men. Let me date. Let me see what else is out there. Let me see how desirable I am. Let me take that opportunity. No, 
that's not, in my opinion, what a separation is for. I think that it's so that you can gain clarity, so that maybe you can pray for guidance, so that you can figure out where it is that you are supposed to be. And so that, you know, you step away from the negativity, you step away from whatever poison it is that is making you want to go that route anyway. So you 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 separate yourself from it, you step away, and then all of a sudden you have clarity. You know, you're you're not in it. It's kind of like now you're on the outside looking in instead of being on the inside and fighting through it. Right. Do you know what I mean? So that's what it should be for. I don't think that you separate and you date and you have sex with other people and you do everything and then you figure out, okay, yeah, well, that didn't work. And then you come back. I think that's a little foul. Right. So to answer your question, uh-huh. I don't think that when you separate, you should be seeing other people. You should have done that before you got married if you were so unclear. Right. You shouldn't have got married for the wrong reasons. Right. But you know what? I, I agree with you. Um, I, I think if it's to the point where you want to see other people, it should be over. Uh, and the reason I feel that way, I feel like separation. You're still married. I feel like separation, when you do separation, it's kind of like, let me, when people date in separation, I feel like it's like one of those things where they're like, well, let me see how this works out before I decide if I want to stay or not. And it's kind of like, you sit right here and you wait for me. I'm going to date. And if I like the people I date with, I'm out one. Exactly. I, I, I don't think that's fair, but. It's not fair, but that's not what marriage is about. No, no, no. I, I agree. But also, I feel like if you wanted a separation, that means something is lacking in that relationship, whatever mm-hmm. it is. And when you meet new people, you never really get who that person really is at first. Of course not. So you're all, all, you know, if you meet somebody, you're in love. They do all the right things. They rub your back. They rub your head. They tell you they how cook. amazing you they are. They tell you how amazing you are. They come home with, you know, new pair of shoes for you women or, you know, for, you know, for you fellas, the food is cooked and everything is so nice. And they wear sexy lingerie right. and they do everything that the person that you're with is not doing or isn't doing, doing anymore. anymore. Correct. Right. And I think a lot of people get bamboozled by that first pure bamboozlement first feeling of, <sighs> mm-hmm. you know, so oh wait, hold on. It's kind of like um, Chris Rock. It was Chris Rock. I think that said it. There's no blank like new blank. Oh, there's no pussy like new pussy. That's what you're talking about. Well, that is what I was talking oh, about. Oh, oh. But I think they knew what I was talking about. Just in case. But yes, you know, when you first engage with somebody, mm-hmm. all of those euphoric feelings are there. There's right. nothing like newness. Like if you buy a new pair of shoes or if you go to a new restaurant and you taste a new dish that you haven't had before and it's amazing. It's great at first, but by the 20th or the 30th time you've had that dish, it's just okay because right. you're used to it. It doesn't have the same effect that it had on you the first or the second or the third time that you had it. Right. And and I absolutely positively agree. So going back to what we were saying. And, I, and mm-hmm. also, just to piggyback on what you said, people always put their best foot forward. Absolutely. And their best face forward when they just meet you and they're trying to impress you. Right. So people, they they get psyched out by that and they think that, that is what it's going to be for the longevity. But just like, just like 
your previous relationship, that will dwindle down as well. And then if you leave the person that you're with for that person, then guess what? And it's just about a matter of time that you're looking for your next high with a new person. Right. And then you find yourself in a cycle. So to go back to the to what the question was, I, I feel like separation, there is no separation until it's over. There should you shouldn't be looking at separation. There should be, let's date to see what happens. If you're separated, you're separated, you stay, you you stay focused until that divorce happens. You do your work, you work on yourself, you figure out what it is that's going on in your relationship, you try to fix it, you get clarity, you get focus. Unless we know we're getting a divorce. Like there is no turning back. We can call it separation now. We're just planning out our assets, planning out the kids and all that other stuff. It's over. And you know for a fact there is no separation. That's how I feel. That's how you feel the same? That's how I feel. Okay. It's not over till it's over. There you go. All right. Well. No new blank until it's over. <laughs> <laughs> You know, and uh, I want to shout out to everybody that always hits me and asks me about the Casey Crew socks, the Casey Crew hats, uh, the Casey Crew. We have mugs and glasses that we use all the time. People say, well, where do you get that stuff? You know, because um, I use it, you know, in every morning at the Breakfast Club. Uh, the website is up, thecaseycrew.com, where you can actually purchase merch. If you want to- uh, Merch. Merch, nice. Where you, <laughs> where you could uh, get hats, you get your coffee mug. Oh, the you, website's you, up now? Yeah, you get your wine glasses. You can get um, socks. And even, the, you know, I, I've been wearing the- You da- wear those socks every day. I love them. I love the Casey Crew socks. <laughs> okay. Even the damn gear shirt I, that I wear. Damn gear. Uh-huh. Uh, you can, we can, you can also customize your own shirt. Oh, that'd be dope. So you can do- Yeah, it. a lot of people have been saying that they love them. So you can you, do they damn, can customize it. That's yeah. awesome. You can put your wife's name on the bottom. You can put your husband's name on the bottom. You can mm-hmm. put your kid's name on the bottom. You could actually customize it on the That's site nice. as well. All right. So definitely check that out. The CaseyCrew.com if you want to pick up some merchandise. All right. And also don't be afraid to email us. No matter what it is, you stinky ass or not. The CaseyCrew at gmail.com. That's T-H-E-E CaseyCrew at gmail.com. Hit us up. And also Gia will be starting her 30 days, her 30 shoes in 30 days. So look out for that. Or you shoe connoisseurs. I'm sure she'll have some goodies for you guys to check out the shoes. She always explains the shoes, who makes them, who designs them, where they came from. So you get like a little history lesson. It's always dope. I love it. I, I sit here and I act like I don't love it, but I actually love looking at the shoes because when Gia posts pictures sometimes it's just like art I, I really enjoy looking at her Instagram oh thank you baby alright well we'll see you guys later I gotta go upstairs and teach my son how to wipe his ass the proper way awesome I can't believe that he said that I told you I didn't teach him most men. he must have forgotten I guess it wasn't that important to him no it ain't not you wipe until your hand gets tired then you jump in the shower <laughs> okay alright well I'm DJ Envy and I am Gia Casey and that was another edition of the Casey Crew spread love and toodles toodles